0: The Chargers escaped Cleveland with a 30 to 28 victory, but there's no way around it, David. Brandon Staley lucked out. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What is up, man? Welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogamaya. We've been covering the Chargers now for six seasons, but this is our fifth season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys for making this your first listen on this post-game show today. To make sure you guys never miss the show, go subscribe to the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms, wherever you get your podcast from. And today, David, there's no place other than Brandon Staley's call to start this show. So we're going to talk about it. I think there's, you know, arguments on both sides because a lot of Chargers fans aren't going to we- want to hear from me right now. I get the outrage behind the decision. It immediately backfired on the Chargers. They escape with a Browns missed field goal. But I do think we have to tip our cap to the Chargers rushing game. If I would have told you before this game, the Chargers were going to outrush the Browns in this one. There's not a single person that would have believed me, but that's exactly what happened. Both Josh Kelly and Austin Eckler are looking great in this one, but I think we also saw the flaws of this team too, especially on the defensive side of things, where there was no pressure. You still gave up pretty much as many rushing yards as we thought you'd give up. And J.C. Jackson has another tough game. But today's episode of Lockdown Chargers is presented by Prize Picks. Price picks is daily fantasy made easy pick two to five players. And if they score more or less than their price Picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. That's promo code locked on. All right, David. Well, obviously, everyone is outraged about the decision. I mean, even with the Chargers, yep. And you know, people are still very upset about Brandon Staley deciding to go for it. Here's the, what happened, right? The ball is yeah. on the Chargers' 46-yard line. It's a fourth and one, a minute and 13 seconds left to go. Brandon Staley does not punt it and make Jacoby Brissett, you know, get into field goal range to win the game. He decides to go for it, puts it in Justin Herbert's hands. He can't convert to Mike Williams, who was blanketed on that play, to say the least. And they gift-wrapped an opportunity for the Browns to go kick the game-winning field goal. They can't do it. Cade York ends up missing a 54-yard missed field goal, but David, Right or wrong call right there by Brandon Steele. That's what everybody wants to know.
1: Yeah, honestly, when I first went and and that situation was unfolding in front of my eyes, the first thought that passes through my head is, what are you doing, Brandon? I don't understand this move. You got to punt the ball away. They have no timeouts. You got to make them drive the length of the football field to get them in field goal range to potentially win the game. You're ahead. You're winning the game at this moment in time. I I mean, I just really struggled with the with the thought process behind that decision. It made me very uncomfortable because I felt like that was one of those things that was going to backfire and it was going to lose the Chargers the game.
0: Yeah, 100 percent. So, I mean, you're saying bad call then right there. I mean, yeah, I'm saying bad call.
1: I did not like it. It made me feel very uncomfortable.
0: 100 percent. And you had to like think about it, too, because yeah. The two minute warning, or you know, they end up calling a timeout basically. They ran all the clock down as much as they could. They called the timeout, and then they still came back out there and you know, with the offense on the field to try and go for it. Then they try to throw it to Mike Williams, who was heavily covered. It gets batted away. It was, I hated the, I hated that part of it, right? The yeah. call itself, them going to Mike Williams when he was. Super covered. I thought Justin Herbert should have been. if there was another read on that progression, go to the next read there. He was yeah. heavily covered. He did not get open. That's on Mike a little bit. That's on Justin a little bit. I hated the fact that on third and two before that, they felt like they had to run the ball, right? If Especially if you're going to consider going for it anyways, put the ball in Justin Herbert's hands twice and tell him to go get you a first down to win this game. I mean, if it's clock be damned, then clock be damned but yeah. put it in his hands, right? I know they had run the ball well all game, but they knew it was coming. You saw how easily the play action worked to Mike Williams to get them to that spot on yeah. the field just to begin with. So I hated that part of it. I would have punted it. I, there's no way I would have had the guts to not punt in that situation, but I do think a lot of people are forgetting that Jacoby Brissett besides that terrible fourth quarter interception that probably really lost them the game right there, oh, right? Yeah. Had been dicing the Chargers up. The Chargers weren't covering really anyone. A lot of that has Mm -hmm. to do with, hey, the threat of the run is getting the linebackers to suck up. And the context matters, right? You're punting it to Jacoby Brissett, a backup quarterback, and a heavy rushing team, right? Yeah. But if you get a touchback, for example, right? That's 34 yards gained as far as field position. You're still giving them a minute and 10 seconds back. So I didn't love the call by Brandon Saley. I'm not going to lie to you. But at the same time, I can still sit here and understand it. I mean, if you look at it analytically, they gained 11% winning percentage on that play, according to Ben Baldwin, who runs all these fourth down conversion models, because you're putting the ball in your best player's hands to go win you the game. But you're also giving them a situation where if they go 10 yards, they're in field goal range, right? So I understand it. But analytically, it made sense to go for it. I still don't think I would have done it. But the other part of it is, David, like, A punt can get blocked, right? A punt return can get returned. He can kick a touchback. We don't necessarily know that it's going to be downed inside the five-yard line, even though you you would love to see that. But at the same time, against a rushing team, I understand why, hey, make Jacoby Brissett and this rushing team go down the field, get 40 yards of field position, and then set up the field goal that way. But I guess I just didn't hate it as much as everyone who's probably going to hate me now for saying that.
1: No, I mean, (laughs) uh, like thinking about it from every perspective, even the one that I don't particularly share or agree with you look at it from brandon Brandon Staley's perspective, you know he is big into the analytics, and the analytics overwhelmingly says that you should go for it. It was in a no question decision that you should have done. And you know, me and you were talking before we started recording, it was only a 40% chance that they were going to lose the game if they still made that decision.
0: Right. So, if they didn't if they went for it and didn't get it. Right, right. They still had technically a 60% chance to win according to the model.
1: Right, so you know, even and from- I mean,
0: the Chargers were also getting zero pass rush, too, right? Yes. I mean, I think that's also an important part of this conversation, too.
1: You're, you're right; you're absolutely right. Nobody really got anywhere close to Jacoby Brissett in in this football game, really at any point, spare for you know one one opportunity where Jerry Tillery was screaming down at him and. and forced him to th- throw the football away
0: but well the yeah, one where they also game. didn't sack him at all and let him oh, run for God. a first down and had him collapse in the pocket I was, and just, it was
1: trying to block that out of my yeah, consciousness because it was a an job. absolutely horrible play yeah, that one uh, and I couldn't believe that that turned into a first down for the Browns but I mean that that's what happened but you look at it from the analytics they say go for it Brandon Staley you know he is very much into it he made that decision Thankfully, it did not backfire for the Chargers.
0: You know, 100% should have, right? I mean, yeah. the Browns lost this game right there. I mean, we don't have to talk about the fact that the Browns were given four free points in the first half on our or, on a, sack, or a alleged pass uh, roughing the passer call. I mean, that was disgusting. I mean, yeah. Hollywood acting by Jacoby Brissett. But yeah, I, I mean, I think at the end of the day, like, it should have backfired, right? He would be taking a ton of heat. Today, our Monday, you know, as everything's coming out like and he would deserve because that is a big call. But I think at the same time, though, at least for me, if you tell me going into this game that I didn't feel good about already, that I'm going to have a chance on fourth and one with the ball in Justin Herbert's hands to go give myself a 100 percent chance of winning this game. I'm probably going to take it, especially, you know, if it's not a for sure thing that they're going to lose if they don't make it right. So I, I definitely understand the outrage. It was crazy. You don't see teams do what Brandon Staley did. He doesn't deserve credit when it backfires in your face. All I'm saying is, though, is that I think that the outrage maybe is too much a little bit. And I understand why people are questioning him. But at the same time, like it did make sense in some way. So I do see the understanding. That being said, I don't think I could have done it. I mean, I don't think I had the gusto. To do that, but I we're think we're all really emotional
1: true. creatures, Daniel. I mean, in the moment, how do you not react emotionally? I think that's the challenge when it comes to being a coach and being in that situation. You can't allow your emotions to impact your decisions, you have to think with yeah. a clear mind, and that's the decision that the head coach made
0: 100%. And I mean, the thing is, is like we also would have been sitting there sweating. It, you know, had Jaco Brissett taken over at the 15 and Absolutely. was potentially, you know, a minute and 13 seconds, a minute and 10 seconds, maybe a little less when they get the punt. It's just an eternity still to yeah. only have to go get a field goal for a kicker on their team that had already made a 58 yard field goal so far this season. So we would have been sweating it out either way. It's not like it would have been an easy win had the Chargers punted it. But I definitely understand why people were like, hey, you punt that ball, even though your defense really hadn't stopped anyone all day outside of a, a boneheaded interception by Jacoby Brissett, where he could have easily <laughs> easily picked up the first down. But there were positives, at least to take away with it. this. It was a weird, wild game in this one. It but was. one of the huge positives taking away from it is, is Austin Eckler washed? Uh, that's weird. It feels like we were just having that, that conversation. I guess not. I mean, the Chargers rushing attack put up 238 against the Browns defense, and Austin Eckler was a big reason for it. But so was Joshua Kelly, and so was the Chargers' young, inexperienced offensive line opening up garage door size holes on that Cleveland defense. So we're going to talk about that coming up after this, but hopefully I really, really hope that you guys had the more than on the Austin Eckler rushing total from this game on price picks, my favorite daily fantasy site and price picks. You see the projections you have to pick whether a player is going to go more than or less than those projections and Austin Eckler, I would say. Went way more than in this one. If you picked him on this time, you definitely came out a winner because price picks, what I love about it is it's just you versus the projections. You know exactly what you have to be or what your player has to be. And you just pick two to five players. And if they score more or less than those projections, you can win. And you can even win up to 10 times your money on one single entry. Price picks offers projections for any sport that you watch. that includes NFL, MLB right now with the playoffs going on, NBA, golf, mma college football and way more and they have safe and fast withdrawals right now guys go download the price apps app or go to pricepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports first time users can receive a 100 instant deposit match up to hundred dollars with the promo code locked on if you deposit hundred dollars price Picks will give you hundred dollars if you deposit 50 price Picks will give you 50 don't forget to enter the promo code locked on and sign up for that instant deposit match up to one hundred dollars all right david well Obviously, it's a weird game, right? And it's hard to feel, you know, a ton of positives in a game where it feels like, in a lot of ways, the Chargers should have lost. And like I said in our little, you know, locked on now clip, sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. And the Chargers don't ever get a lot of breaks, so they definitely earned the one that they got in this one. Two missed field goals by the Browns, you know, after the refs gave them four points. But it's impossible not to think of Austin Eckler and the rushing attack. We knew last week that they were going up against the Houston Texans, who were the worst rushing defense in the entire league they had their best performance and still rushed for like 80 yards it still wasn't (laughs) exactly awe-inspiring by any means but they got a couple of nice runs in the red zone they're running in touchdowns right they had good plays from Austin Eckler finally breaking loose and getting some of those chunk plays in the running game and then they went absolutely bananas today David I mean on their second drive Austin Eckler takes the handoff and goes 71 yards he's definitely going to be wishing he could have got that last four right A 75 yard rushing touchdown sounds a lot better than a 71 yard just regular rush at the same time though david i mean i think that started it and it just kept pretty much going for the rest of the game
1: that was definitely the powder keg daniel that was the one that ignited the rushing attack for the chargers and You got to feel for Austin Eckler a little bit in that situation. It's just that that hole you drive a semi truck through it. Austin Eckler hits it. And I feel like he feels pretty good about the fact that he's about to take this one into the end zone. He, he looks around him, looks to his left and right. And I know he's thinking I'm scoring this one. This is going to be another touchdown. And they get him at like the three yard line. It's just, it's, it's horrific that you get to see that beautiful run and you don't get the payoff. Of the touchdown,
0: yeah, didn't I think that happened to Justin Jackson too? Right, yeah, like that EDR or something against the Patriots. I don't know if he Mm -hmm. ended up scoring, but I don't know if he ended up like that. Chargers running backs, obviously not the highest at the as far as the top end speed goes, right? right? But he just looks so good, right? That's two games Mm -hmm. in a row where Austin Eckler has looked really, really good, and that really changes the dynamic of the Chargers' offense. Like Justin Herbert, completely. I thought was fine today. I mean, I think there's a couple throws he wants back, but I didn't think he was bad by any means, but. They didn't need him to carry the team offensively, at least today. Having that, having Austin Eckler looking like the way he did in this game, scoring touchdowns, a nice screen pass where he gets in as well. I mean, everything was working for Austin Eckler in this one. And it was great to see Josh Kelly get into the end zone, too, for the first time since 2020. Justin Herbert's rookie season was the last time that Joshua Kelly had gotten into the end zone rushing or receiving, but Josh Kelly looked good as well today. I mean, he had a couple of three yard carries that are going to go down his three yard carries where he made like two, three people miss on his way to those three yards. Like they just both looked really explosive in this game. Both of them looked really good. And on the other side, Tony Michelle just gets one carry right in this game. And I thought that was the right call. I mean, maybe give him zero. But in this one, like, I mean, the Chargers at least figured out, hey, these two dudes are doing something. Let's keep them both in the game. Let's keep attacking this.
1: That's what I was going to say, Daniel. It was really nice to look at the the stat sheet and see that Josh Kelly got 10 carries in this football game. It seems like Joe Lombardi saw after the first couple of games of the Chargers season that Josh Kelly is a guy that is producing positive results in the running game for me, and I need to get him more carries. Well... They gave him more carries, and they were rewarded for that decision. And it was really nice to see him get in the end zone, get that touchdown, because he's been working hard. He put the work in in the offseason. It's obvious. It shows every single time he touches the ball, and he gets rewarded with the touchdown. Hopefully, it's the first of many this season.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I'd be hard-pressed to think he's going to end his season at one rushing touchdown because hopefully yeah. this is, you know, kind of something from the offensive staff where they're showing, okay, you know, we're getting the picture now, right? Maybe yes. we're late to it, which they yeah. absolutely were. Yeah. I mean, that, it, it's something that's nice to see. And, I mean, Austin Eckler, let's not take away from, you know, averaging 10.8 yards per carry. Absolutely. Right? Because, and the thing unreal. is, unreal. And even with the 71-yard run, right, he still almost went for 100 yards besides that like that's insane that like he had a 71 yard rush and he still almost without that would have had a hundred yard. he he had
1: some making up to do right the first couple of games of the season he wasn't the austin echo that we have come to know and love but the last two games he's like hello i'm back guess who i am fantasy owners
0: everywhere rejoicing (laughs) i mean that you know How many people traded Austin Eckler and yelled and cursed his name right just to be? I hope not of the many, but there's definitely season. feeling Probably it. Not right now a lot of Chargers fans. I would like oh, to think yeah. Chargers fans kept the faith, but that is great to see. I mean, this Chargers is. rushing attack has looked good the last two weeks, it right? Has. Let alone not the worst team in the NFL, because that's absolutely what they were over the first three weeks of the season. And it's just absolutely. so hard to win when you're that one dimensional and you're just yeah. putting so much on Justin Herbert's plate. And we had said, David, it's close. All these runs are going for two-yard gains, but it just seems like there was just something missing, something that wasn't clicking. And when you have a bunch of moving pieces on the offensive line, that's going to happen. But can we get a shout-out for the offensive line, right? I mean, Miles Garrett was a borderline non-factor in this game, pass-rushing-wise, right? Run-wise, the Chargers opened up the biggest holes that I can remember. I don't remember the last time I saw it. They were seismic. Oh, my God. Like, they they were moving people. They were opening up giant holes. They took the game plan from the Atlanta Falcons last week, and they said, we'll put up 200 on you, too. The Chargers outrushed the Browns in this game, and the offensive line deserves a ton of credit for that.
1: They do. They absolutely do. It just seems like when Corey Lindsley was back into the lineup, that's when things were starting to click. And also, we got to give some credit to Trey Pipkins and Zion Johnson who have really seemed like they're meshing really well on the right side of that offensive line, especially in run blocking. And then also... And last year was
0: the whole left side. It was always left, run left, run left, run, left. It's crazy that Zion and Trey Pipkins have totally reversed that narrative. That's crazy.
1: It's, it's crazy and it's awesome for the Chargers yeah. because that way they can be a lot more multiple in their rushing attack and they don't have to just go all to the left side. Yeah. But, hey, we got to give the left side some credit too. Jamari Sawyer did a great job again. And this was a legit test yeah. going up against Miles Garrett and Jadavia and Clowney and that Browns defense. He still kept Justin Herbert clean pretty much the entire football game. And of course you always have to acknowledge Justin Herbert's just absolutely insane, innate ability to feel pressure and move in the pocket. The dude is unreal. It just yeah. doesn't make much sense. That high processor. It It's just, it's amazing what he is able to do, but the offensive line, They were phenomenal in this game. They really had the attitude to run the football from beginning to end, and it was a huge reason why the Chargers won this football game.
0: Yeah, 100%. I mean, I I don't know if they needed 200 rushing yards, but it's hard to say that without a –
1: We'll Refreshing rushing
0: it. performance <laughs> that they would have still won this game you're right and I mean you know again they've scored the most points they have on offense the last two weeks in a row and a lot of that I think is tied into the running game but yeah. for this offensive line right to lose Rashawn Slater and, and yeah. still be able to go out and have a performance like this I think is huge Miles Garrett definitely got the better of Jamari Sawyer a couple of times but sure. that was part of the Chargers game plan one of the reasons I don't think you see an explosive Justin Herbert game is because they knew they were going up against David Clowney and yeah. Miles Garrett. And on the sure. other side of that, right, I mean, the Browns had such a good offensive line, right, and, and yeah. had that reputation going into it. Well, mm-hmm. you didn't run block quite as well as the Chargers offensive line in this one. But I think, David, <laughs> this is a game where it's hard to know how to feel, especially directly after the game, right? Because sure. like you know there's so, there are positives to take away from it. You Absolutely. get a win, which is just invaluable in the NFL and is never – you know. Sometimes you have to get lucky to get a win in this league, and you'll take any win you can get. Yes. But you still are kind of upset at the Chargers for their performance in a lot of ways, and I think especially on the defensive side. We knew Nick Chubb was going to be an issue. He was that and more, but it was also right the lack of pass rush without Joey Bosa rearing its ugly head again at an all-time high in this game. We don't have the numbers, but – yeah. There wasn't much. So, we're going to get into the defensive side of things, talk about a little bit about J.C. Jackson as well, because he is the guy that had a rough game, but did make his best play as a charger as well. So, we will get into that. But first, I need to tell you guys about something that's more exciting than anything that happened in this game. And that's the fact that built bars have a new flavor. And that new flavor is pumpkin pie puff. Okay. It's time. The holidays are here. We can wrap this whole, you know, summer, the heat, all that stuff. It's over now because the pumpkin pie puff built bar is out and available now at built.com. And The great thing about Built Bars always is they're a protein bar that doesn't taste like a protein bar, a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Every bar is 100% covered in chocolate and soft and easy to chew. And you have variety now at Built.com because you can go with the Built Granola Bars, you can go with the Built Bar Puffs, or you can just go with the original Built Bars that mostly have 15 grams of protein while being 160 calories or less for most of them, high in fiber, low in carbs for all those Built Bars, and you're getting something that tastes great. And diets suck. You know, having to eat healthy food all the time sucks. Get something that's healthy that doesn't feel like it should be healthy. And that's what you're getting from Built Bars. You can go with all the great flavors like cookies and cream. You can go peanut butter brownie or you can go with the new pumpkin pie puff Built Bar that you guys can find right now. And you can even save some money if you go to Built.com. You can use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code Locked LOCKEDON15. That's Locked on 15 for 15% off at Built.com. One of the things that definitely has to get better after this game, I think, is the Chargers defense. I mean, this we knew was going to be a problem, David, in this one. We were terrified of Nick Chubb, and for good reason. I mean, I'm averaging, (sighs) you know, as much as he did per carry in this game.
1: 7.9.
0: Yeah. And it also just seemed like it was just too easy for Jacoby Brissett a lot of the time. So, I mean, I think, you know, we said going into this, hey, the Chargers run defense actually hasn't been nearly as bad as we thought it was. But it was three big plays, right? It was a 250-yarders and a 75-yarder that it really kind of skewed the averages. Well, shocker, Nick Chubb does not go for a 50-yarder. Bold prediction, correct. But he does have a 41-yard touchdown in this game. It seemed like they were getting it whenever they wanted. Where they got in trouble was, you know, incomplete passes, wide passes on things like first down to set themselves up in long situations. But, David, I mean, I think it's still safe to say that even in a win like this, it's hard to feel much better about the Chargers specifically with their run defense.
1: No, I mean, and, and yeah, you you said it, Daniel. Going into this football game, we knew the absolute Mount Everest test that the Chargers' run defense was going to be facing, and they failed. I mean, there, there's no other way to say it. They gave up 213 rushing yards and 6.9 yards per carry. Nick Chubb averages 7.9 yards per carry, and Kareem Hunt, 4.3. And then, of course, Jacoby Brissett himself, 10 yards per carry. He didn't run very much, but... That is a lot of rushing yards. You knew the attack. You knew that the Browns were going to run it down your throat, and that's exactly what they did from the beginning of the game pretty much throughout. Now, the Chargers in the second half, they did make some decent adjustments. They did hold the Browns to seven points total in that second half but they were also gifted a couple of plays that made that happen yeah. as well. They, you know, A couple of missed field goals, that interception in the red zone. Those are definitely parts of this story, but the run defense was horrible and we didn't get very many positive things out of this game that can help us determine what this run defense is going to look like for the Chargers going forward this season.
0: Yeah, and, and I mean, you're not going to face Nick Chubb every week, right? But yeah. you also Thank do have God. a Derrick Henry on your schedule. So <laughs> you still have a maybe healthy Jonathan Taylor left on your schedule still. So there's going to be teams that are going to try to exploit this every single week. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, in this game, you can only kind of decide going forward, right? And what, do you, what you do against the Broncos on Monday Night Football, right? If this was just, okay, hey, we went up against a high-powered rushing attack, or if it's just going to continually be a problem, All season long, another big play allowed in this one, even after Nazir Adderley ended up getting benched for Alohi Gilman, who comes up with the game-saving interception, basically, in this one. I mean, the Browns move the ball, Will. I know you said the seven points in the second half, though, but yeah, missed field goals, right? You end up throwing an interception, basically, in the end zone, on the goal line, and taking points off the board. You end up missing the late field goal that gives him another three points. I didn't take a lot of positives. I didn't think the Chargers defense played much better in the second half or really much better at all, really during this game. In the first half, they did force back-to-back three and outs to help the Chargers get back into it after they allowed a 14-0 to hole. But I think the most alarming thing to me, David, was, hey, we didn't really talk about Khalil Mack a lot, right? And it just kind of went to show me as well, like, hey, there's maybe just not enough. On this Chargers pass rush to make up for not having Joey Bosa, you know, teams specifically scheming for Khalil Mack and not being as worried about Calvin or Chris Rump, whoever's on the other side. I mean, we've seen some bad pass rushing performances, David. I mean, this one is up there. I mean, there was almost no pressure and that ended up allowing Jacoby Brissett to basically dissect the Chargers defense.
1: Jacoby Brissett was very, very comfortable in the pocket pretty much the entire game. He did yeah. not have pressure in his face. He did not have pressure off the edges. Now, also, l- let's give some credit to the Browns offensive line. They are fantastic. You know, they're Maybe great the best run blockers. The yeah. They are great pass blockers as well. So you're not going to face that Browns offensive line every week either. But when we saw them manufacture some pass rush against the Houston Texans, We did not see any such manufacturing of pass rush against the Cleveland Browns in this game. And if the Chargers defense wants to improve their run defense and their pass defense, that that pass rush is a huge component of it. They got to get back to being more creative, getting after the quarterback, because you are going to be without Joey Bosa for several more weeks.
0: Yeah, I mean a while, right? If if the yeah. timeline's really eight to ten weeks, like it has to be better than it is right now. And and it will look at least a little better when it's not offensive lines that are the Cleveland Browns, like I said, who maybe might be the best in the NFL. But there was a couple other concerning things, David, to me yeah. in this game. I mean, I thought Derwin James, especially early, wasn't having his best game. I mean, and obviously he's held to a ridiculous standard. Absolutely. But another superstar that's supposed to be there on days where Derwin James maybe doesn't have it all is J.C. Jackson, right? You paid him yeah. to be a star on this defense. You paid him to create takeaways. Another game, David, where it's hard to feel good about it. I mean, I'm going to sit here and say right now, if I was going to bet on it, I'm going to bet on that dude figuring it out because I just think he's too good to not figure it out. I think yeah. he's still going to probably has a chance at five picks this year in the last you know 12 games of the season so far. And I do think that the ankle maybe is playing a little bit of it. It's still hard to feel great about him, you know, and, and how you should feel about him going forward in this game. He did make a play to break up a pass to Amari Cooper that ended up, you know, taking some points away from the Browns eventually. At the same time, it's still hard to feel great about it. Well, and it, it's not it
1: doesn't feel good because Jacoby Brissett was targeting J.C. Jackson. He <laughs> was going after him he pretty was. much the entirety of the game. He didn't want any not- part
0: of Asante Samuel Jr.
1: <laughs> no, he, yeah. he didn't. He didn't throw at him pretty much at all, but he targeted J.C. Jackson a lot in this game. And that's not what you brought J.C. Jackson in here for you. You know, his his reputation precedes him, but his play on the field this year Unfortunately, is not. So he has to, you know, he still definitely doesn't look like the exact same player. He might still need some time to get acclimated. I still agree with you that I believe he is going to figure it out. It's going to take a little bit more time. But nothing that you've seen from J.C. Jackson through the first five games of the season gives you much confidence so far.
0: Well, yeah, and it's three, right? I mean, for him specifically, he yeah, has missed three games, games so for him, far. Yes. So uh, it is kind of early on for him now, and he's still kind of finding his way. I did think you can take a kind of positive note away from it with him getting that pass breakup and having a nice yeah. break at the end of that game. And obviously when you play a, a rushing team like this and you need your perimeter guys to be helping in the run defense, it always sure. is going to, you know, help you throw the ball easier. And that's one of the reasons why Jacoby Brissett had as clean of a game as he did until the end. And why really, I mean, the Browns could be 5-0 and easily on this season, right? Oh, yeah. Like they ended up blowing it totally against the Jets. They blew it today against the Chargers. In like that is game. not a terrible Browns team. That Browns no. team could have been, you know, 3-1 and one easily. Going into that game had with just like a basic, you know, understanding of the end of football games. People yeah. doing it worse than the Chargers, I guess, at some points. But that is going to wrap things up for today's show. There's still a lot we have to get into and buy or sell, including Nazir Adderley kind of getting benched without any of us knowing, and also more into that Brandon and Saley call, because I think there are still some factors of that that will have some lasting ramifications, right? And Joe Lombardi doesn't seem like he's getting as much heat today after back-to-back 30-plus point performances by the Chargers offense. Still the red zone offense is something that has to get addressed. So we'll be getting into that tomorrow to make sure you guys don't miss it. Make sure you're subscribing to the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel. If you're watching now, make sure to go subscribe there. Or you can follow, find us, as always, on all the different pla- podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you can find us basically everywhere. And if you like the show, make sure to rate and review as well. A lot to get into tomorrow. If you guys also want to make sure you never miss the show, you can find it on all of our social media. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Talk Sports and David Droegemeyer on Twitter at SD. You can also find the show's page at Locked on LAC as well as at Locked on Chargers on Instagram and on our Locked On Chargers Facebook page. If you guys want to call in with your questions after some games, where I think a lot of people are after a game, I think a lot of people still have some questions, call in to 323-524-7924, and we'll try to get into some voicemails this week, because the next game's on Monday Night Football, so we're going to be doing some different things this week. But make sure you guys are back here for Buy or Sell tomorrow with Brandon Staley's and much more. Until then, take it easy, and go Bolts.